0: The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM, Destination Unknown.
1: So yesterday, the 6th of November, marked the annual Southern African Development Community Malaria Day commemoration. And uh, that was in line with listening to or hearing and reading uh, Dr. Mkhize, our Minister of Health, mentioning the fact that anything up to 10% of South Africans could catch malaria as we look forward into the year. On the line with us, we have Sherwin Charles, who's the co-founder and CEO of Goodbye Malaria, an extraordinary, project, Which has grown from strength to strength, not just here in South Africa, but in the SADC region, in Mozambique, and certainly getting huge recognition globally as well. Sherwin, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Good morning, Michelle. Thank you.
1: Sherwin, you know, Goodbye Malaria is such an exciting project in that it is supported on a variety of levels. Tell us a little bit about the start of the project. Well, the project started
0: out uh, of the Nando's family. Um, I was part of Nando's and with founder Robbie Brosnan and Kim Lazarus, we decided that we needed to make a difference in the world of malaria. Having experienced how the disease reached the continent whilst traveling uh, on expedition with Kingsley Holgate, That's right. um, we had handed out uh, many, many malaria long-lasting uh, long-lasting bed nets. And what we felt is that we could make a difference in, in our own region um, and that we wanted to see sustainable impact. And so in 2012, we started Goodbye Malaria with the aim of eliminating malaria in southern Africa. So South Africa, Eswatini, as well as Mozambique. And of course, Mozambique is the big, hairy challenge Um, having had more than 10 million cases of malaria last year. So um, it makes sense that our program started in southern Mozambique, which borders both with Eswatini and South Africa. And as Eswatini and South Africa experiences uh, the largest percentage of malaria in their countries is what is referred to as imported malaria. So malaria coming across the border um, through migrant workers, holiday makers, travelers, um, um, you know, business people commuting between the countries. And, And what we found is that a lot of that imported malaria came from the southern part of Mozambique. And thus, Goodbye Malaria kicked off its program, uh, partnered with the Global Fund to Fight HIV, TB, and Malaria, as well as the Melinda Gates Foundation uh, with partners like Vodacom and Nando's. Uh, we kicked the program off, and I'm very proud to say that to date in southern Mozambique we've reduced malaria by more than 75 percent, wow. um, and we've seen great progress in South Africa and Swaziland. And we run uh, our mobile clinics up along the border between South Africa and Mozambique, yeah. where we test and treat people um, in, the, in those communities.
1: So, and you raise a whole bunch of questions. You talk about imported malaria. I'm trying to understand what that means, because are you, a, are you implying that malaria is catching? You can catch malaria.
0: Well, malaria is transmitted um, by a mosquito. These little pesky things don't (laughs) understand what lockdown is. And so uh, what happens is for the mosquito to transmit malaria, it needs to find a human host that has the parasite. And so it will pick it up from one person's blood and then transmit it to someone else. Now, we live in South Africa where we have the mosquitoes that are able to transmit malaria. But if you have to look at the Johannesburg environment, there's not really people that would have the parasite for the mosquito to transmit the disease. So what happens is people from neighboring countries that have the parasite either are, are sick themselves or carriers, uh, they asymptomatic, and what happens is they then have the parasite that the mosquito can pick up and pass on. Ah, okay. So that's what is implied by uh, imported malaria.
1: So I could so, have so, this so, local
0: so transmission, which is the problem.
1: So I could go across to Mozambique. Perhaps I'm going there on a summer holiday. I could pick up malaria and become a transmitter. Come back to South Africa, a good old South African. Uh, mosquito with its little South African flag wrapped around its neck comes zooming in and can pick up on me because I've become a transmitter
0: Absolutely, absolutely and then we tend to infect all of those within your immediate radius exactly. Of course, these mosquitoes don't travel very far in their lifetime so we really then pinpoint a radius where, where transmission could, could occur
1: you know, Sherwin, uh, when I was reading up about this interview again, um, one of the things I saw was um, that spoke about research in relation to preventative chemotherapy. And I wondered what preventative chemotherapy was with regards to malaria.
0: Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't think I could answer that question in terms of chemotherapy. Yeah. But, but, but there is, I mean, malaria is a disease that that really has the ability to be totally eradicated. So, so we have a cure for, for malaria. We have interventions that are very, very effective. Yes, we don't have a vaccine, but we can absolutely, totally eliminate malaria. And we've seen many, many countries, especially in the West, in Europe, in the U.S., they will Eliminated malaria, and and once upon a time we were endemic countries, and in the 50s and 60s had programs that absolutely uh, eliminated malaria from their environments, and so we believe that in Africa we could do the, do absolutely the same, and so Africa is not far from elimination. Uh, we have malaria in Limpopo and kwazulu and northern KZN, and certainly. We know that we can we can rid ourselves of this disease. Imagine saying to tourists uh, when they do come back, and uh, saying to them that come to a country that is malaria free. Bring yeah. your children with confidence that they they will not get malaria in in the comfort of, of our amazing wildlife. Come to the Kruger Park, and and there's no malaria, and, and and that's such an important statement to make. So I think. One of the things for for Malaria Day is really saying community involvement is key to zero malaria. And, and, and particularly in a country like South Africa where malaria is not a disease that is of highest burden. Um, to date this year, we've probably only had 6,000 cases of malaria. And, yeah. and, and that's, of course, because our borders have been closed We've had little um, um, travel between countries, uh, and so we've seen a a big reduction in the number of cases of malaria in our country. So let's take this opportunity to really inform our communities of what they need to do, really to say to people, we're coming into the rainy season, we have felt and seen that mosquito populations are increasing, So, so let's take the precautions that are required when you're, in a, when you're in an area that has malaria, yeah. particularly if you're going to travel over the holidays, so, I tend to prophylaxis sh- to prevent malaria. There's many different uh, uh, medications on the market. Yeah. Use a good fetal repellent or an insect repellent. And, of course, in areas where, where malaria exists, wear long sleeve clothing, long pants, um, a long sleeve top, especially
1: during uh, uh, early evenings. So, Sherwin, um, I'm, I want to just um, talk about malaria in relation to COVID-19. I mean, I have read stuff over the last couple of months at least. We people have said there is a challenge with regards to COVID-19 in that there has been such a focus on the pandemic that many other diseases and illnesses have been foregone in this journey with the pandemic. How has that impacted on malaria? So
0: the WHO put out um, some research uh, at the beginning of COVID where they said that if the malaria prevention programs do not take place um, on time uh, in all of the communities that they should be taking place, uh, you could see malaria deaths going up to 800,000 in Africa. Now that would be a doubling of what it was 2019, and it put us back 20 years in the progress that we've made against malaria. And and what a disaster. So we've really made sure that all of our interventions take place on time. It it has been a mammoth task by the teams uh, to make sure that people are protected from malaria. So you've had added costs because you couldn't get access to PPE. Uh, Your supply chains were disrupted because of covid which was an absolute nightmare to get our insecticides in the country, to to get your medications in country, and your diagnostics. So quite a big disruption in, in the world of malaria, but thankfully, with the likes of funders like the Global Fund, the President's Malaria Initiative, um, um, the World Bank, um, we've really seen that countries um, have had added costs but have ensured that the malaria intervention... Uh, um, sure, and it's I want good.
1: to I want to just jump in. You you talk about the president's fund and the like, and I want to go in closing to something that you mentioned right up front, and it's something that's always intrigued me about Goodbye Malaria, is the power of partnership. So if I look at Goodbye Malaria and the fact that this is a partnership between the private sector, which would be NANDO's, the public sector, which would be government, and indeed civil society, people who are involved, who are then able to even get work through Goodbye Malaria in Mozambique for the spraying, etc., it's hugely powerful. And as you say, we've cut it down by 75%, which just makes one realize public-private partnerships, PPPs, they actually work. And is that not something we should be shouting out from the rooftops? Absolutely. I think
0: this is a, a good example of how it works and very successfully. So um, it, is, it is something that requires a lot of effort. So one of our values is true grit, never give up. <laughs> uh, but, but when it works, it's a shining example of how the private sector can, can assist government in meeting a public health challenge.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I mean, malaria is still a pandemic and it's seen as a pandemic in the world. So so these are the kind of models that, that can become very, very effective yeah. in, in fighting some of our public challenges.
1: And certainly having Nando's with their marketing skill is something else. We've got an SMS from Isaac, so we'll just close off on that, or a WhatsApp saying, Hi, Michelle. I live in Gauteng, and I had malaria some years back without going anywhere. How does that happen? I was hospitalized for a number of weeks, but I was okay at the end. So if uh, he's in Gauteng, Isaac's in Gauteng, how is that possible?
0: Because somebody had traveled to Ah, Gauteng. A mosquito had picked up the parasite from that person infected person coming into our area and then locally transmitted it okay so so that's the challenge sadly we had a story of of a woman passing away in pretoria sure. and, and pretoria does not, in, in many areas does not have the mosquitoes that transmit malaria yeah so that became quite an investigative challenge to work out how somebody in pretoria without traveling had uh, passed on from on malaria, and and it appeared to be from the investigation that she lived near the airport, uh, the army airport. Sure. uh, The the probability was probably a plane came in having mosquitoes that had the parasite um, uh, in them, um, which then left the plane and probably infected someone in Pretoria. The problem is that our local uh, medical professionals sometimes don't ask the question. Because if you haven't traveled, then they would not test you for malaria. Yeah. And and that's a big message around COVID. The malaria symptoms are similar to COVID. They both express themselves with a fever. So what we're saying to people now during the malaria transmission season, is please test for malaria. It's a very quick diagnostic test. Uh, you'll get your results in, in 10 minutes. Uh, but please test for malaria and not just assume that you have a fever and it's COVID and you need to
1: self-isolate. That there we go. That
0: be the worst thing to do for, for children.
1: Okay. Headaches, fevers, if you have it and you think, ooh, COVID... Just take a second test and look for malaria as well. In closing, someone says uh, that's why people should be vigilant about water that is sitting still, e.g. blocked and crooked rainwater gutters and water tanks where mozzies breed prolifically. I remember there was that conversation when I was a kid in KwaZulu-Natal consistently. Sherwin, thanks very much for joining us. That's Sherwin Charles, the co-founder and CEO of Goodbye Malaria. Go onto their website. It's goodbyemalaria.com. And you know, I mentioned the marketing of Nandos because you see that on the website. It's bright. It's kind of like vibrant. And, yes, it's a difficult disease. But uh, this is a way to learn about it, to find out about it. There's also a lovely store online as well. You can get great uh, Goodbye Malaria masks as well. It's a real joy to go on. 756.